0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Without the sound, right? So, some say it was under his head, some say it was around his head. Right? Okay. And he laid down in that place. So the famous dream. And he had a dream. And there was, behold, there was a, a ladder. And the bottom rungs of the ladder were on the ground. And its head, the top of the ladder, went all the way up into Shemayim. So you have this dream. You see the the bottom of the ladder is on the earth. And the top of the ladder seems to be going through the clouds all the way to Shemayim. And there were malachim going up and there were malachim coming down. We'll talk about who were these malachim. Seems to be the very specific Malachim. Right? We'll see who these two or four or six Malachim were. Hashem needs a and Hashem was on the top. Right. And Hashem said, he he introduced himself. I'm Hashem, the God of your father, Avram, okay, the land that you're laying on, which is Eretz strong I'm gonna give you children. Your children are going to spread out. I'm going to be with you. I'm always with you. I will watch you wherever you go. But I'm going to bring you back to Eretz Yisrael. I won't let you go. I'm going to keep my word. Okay. Fine. So ya- Yaakov had a dream and in his dream was a ladder. And on this ladder there were angels and the famous question is why a ladder? Why not steps? Stairway to heaven. Steps. Why a ladder? You think angels are, are firemen? They're climbing on a ladder. Why not a road to, to, the, to Shemayim? Why not a ramp to Shemayim? Why a ladder? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. So he wakes up. But your man he says, Behold, God is in this place. I didn't know that. Yaakovina didn't know that little song that we all sang in kindergarten. Hashem is here, Hashem is everywhere, up, down, all around. What do you mean you didn't know that Hashem is in this place? Hashem is in every place. What's the like, oh, hey, whoa, behold. Vayira became scared. Yaakovina becoming scared because Hashem in that place. Wow, this place is amazing. Awesome. Naira. This is the house of God. This is the gate to Shemayim. And Yaakov got up in the morning. So the first question we're going to ask tonight is, It said already in Pasuk Tazayin, Yaakov woke up from his sleep. So what do you mean he got up in the morning? He actually went back to sleep? He had such a dream and he went back to sleep? No way. So you don't wake up twice. So what does this mean by Yikatz Yaakov Mishnaso? He woke up, and then by Yashkin Yaakov Abokeh, and then he woke up in the morning. What's going on over here? So, by the way, this is why I bought my ranch at Bethel. Because when I heard that there was a place for sale in Bethel, you know, the place that's called Bethel in the Tyre is where Yaakov had his dream. And he woke up and said, what an amazing place. So when I heard there was a ranch at Bethel, which is where the ranch is, I thought maybe it would be the right place. The Kachaya was the right place. Anyway, this is where, this is called, this is, um by Yikosheh Makamahu, Bay Scale, the House of God. Okay. Let's go back a little bit and try to understand, very, very important, what's really, what's going on over here. So, we have to go a little bit into the history of who Yaakov Avinu was. Yaakov Avinu was Yashav Oyel. He sat all day learning and learned Tyra. He was in Kylo, he was in Yeshiva, he was in his tent, he was shtagging, he was learning. He didn't go outside, he didn't eat a lot. He wasn't really in the physical world. He was mostly in the spiritual world. Esau was Ish Hasadeh. Asa was a guy who was supposed to take the physical world and make it spiritual. That's that's what Asa was supposed to do. Yaakov sat and learned a whole day. So in his mind, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem is spiritual. Hashem is in Shemayim. He wasn't mixing... But well, the reason that a human being is put on this world, if if you was if it was only to learn, you could learn in 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 in, in Yeshiva Shammai law. If it was only spirituality, why do I need to go through all the physical aspects of my life? So we know Hashem gave us six hundred thirteen mitzvahs, and all of them are connecting the spiritual, the physical with the spiritual. Our objective as humans, the reason that we're in this world, is to connect the physical world. With the spiritual. So if you take an apple, which is physical, and you make a boy of pre-eights, you're making that apple into something spiritual. You go to the bathroom, you make a shayotza, one of the lowest things of a human being, functions of a human being, now becomes something that's holy. You mean a shayotza, you wash your hands on it till the same time. So, Yaakov wasn't in, in that world. Yaakov was in the very spiritual world. And that's where Hashem is, he's in the spiritual world. So, Yaakov goes to sleep, and he sees something, he sees a ladder, and ladder, is a sample of life, and he sees that the bottom of the ladder is on earth, and the top of the ladder is in Shemayim, which means that there's a connection between earth and Shemayim, and there are Malachim going up and Malachim going down, yeah, as a human being, sometimes you're going up, and sometimes you're going down, and who's on top? Hashem is on top. And we know that a ladder, the reason that, the reason that his, the whole picture was a ladder and not a stairway is because a ladder is the only thing that whether you go up or down, you're always looking up. You climb a ladder, you're looking up. When you go down a ladder, if you turn around, you're going to fall off. You go down a ladder, rung by rung, you're also looking up. So Kushbachu wanted to tell Yaakov Avino that life is a ladder. And whether you're going to go up or down, Yaakov was going into some big problems. He was going into, Dina being abused, Yosef being sold, Rachel dying on the on the way, he had a lot of a lot of hardships. Then Shimon was taken to Mitzrayim. Then Benjamin went down to Mitzrayim. He had a very hard life. Yaakov Avinu. So Hashem said, "Listen, you need to know something. Life's a ladder. You're not always going up. That's not how life works. But you need to know that whether you're going up or down, you need to look up. And who's on top? The says Hakadosh Baruch is on top. A ladder." If you want to put a ladder on a wall, it's going to fall off the wall. You have to lean it. The part of the ladder that leans on the wall is the top part. So, because Boko said, lean on me. I'm on top of the ladder. Life is a ladder. Your life is going up and down that ladder. But you, you have to lean on me. And you always have to look up whether it's going up or down. That was the symbolism. Why in the dream, right, which is mostly symbolisms, he saw a ladder, not stairs. Because when you go downstairs, you're looking down. When you go down a, a stairway, you're looking down. When you go down a road, you're looking down. You're not looking up. So the only thing that you look up, whether you're going up or down, is a ladder. That's why he saw a ladder. But what he said when he woke up was, I didn't know, I didn't know that this place is so holy, that this world, in other words, the mundane, the mundane world of eating and sleeping and drinking all these mundane actions, that's not Kaddish. He thought it wasn't Kaddish. But he said, Yesh Hashem b'makom God doesn't live up there in Shemayim. God lives with us in this world. I didn't know that. I'm sitting in Yeshiva all day. I'm not in the physical world. I thought God lives in the spiritual world. Not in the physical world. I didn't know. It was something new to him. He became scared. This place is amazing. This world is the house of God. Everyone thinks, Hashem is up there. over He doesn't have anything to do with over here. No. This is Beis Elohim. Do you want to get into Shemayim? you want to get into Ganei then? The gate to Shemayim is this world. Says the prepare yourself in the hall of the banquet to get into the banquet Hall. So you have to appear yourself outside. You gotta get your tie on, dress, look in the mirror, take care of yourself. Then you walk into the banquet hall. This world is the preisda. The praiser is the, the hall before you walk into the, into the banquet hall. So <coughs> this was something very new to Yaakov and very important to Yaakov because now Yaakov was leaving Yeshiva, going to Lavan, going into that other world, the physical world, And he needed to know that every human being, every one of us, is a ladder. Everyone in this room, everyone watching, every Jew, is a ladder. We are the ladder that connects Shemayim and Aretz. Even in your body, in Kabbalah, it's brought down, that in your body, every person's physical body, there's Shemayim and Aretz. Till your neck, till your shoulders, your shoulders and up, in the Kabbalah, it's called Shemayim. Your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth. Your mouth is the bridge between Shemayim and Aretz. Aretz is your bottom extremities. Above your neck is Shemayim. Below your neck is Aretz. Why? Because Shemayim only takes in and Aretz only gives out. Because the Apostlech says, desha, that when Hashem created the world, the earth Gave grass. So, your ears take in sound. Your eyes take in sight. Your nose takes in air. Your mouth does both. It takes in food, but it gives out words. So, until your mouth, everything just takes in. At your mouth is the bridge, in and out. In goes the food, out goes the speech. Your neck is the bridge between Shema and Baaretz. And therefore, when you separate any animal or any human, when you separate the Shema and Baaretz, they're dead. So Shechita, by an animal, Shechita, when you shech through the neck of an animal, so you're separating above the shoulders and below the shoulders, and you cannot live when your Shema and Baaretz are separated. So Shechita is the real Death to an animal. Stabbing an animal, we're not allowed to stab an animal. That's in the veil. Shooting an animal, we're not allowed to shoot an animal. We have to do shita. Okay? So, same so thing by a person. Chas v'sham. A person's head gets chopped off his body. He's dead. So that, that's the, the separation in, in a human being. So your eyes, your ears, it's called shamayim. And the bottom part of your body doesn't take in. It's, it gives out. You go to the bathroom. It gives out. That's why it's called, it's called the arets. Every single person is Shemayim arets. But every single person is also the ladder between the physical world and the spiritual world. And sometimes you do a lot of mitzvahs and you go with the yetzotayf, the Malachim are going up. Sometimes you give into the yetzohara and the malachama going down. But that's, that's what he saw. He saw that every human being is a connection between and that this world, and you know, I, I was just talking to the girls, we're talking about movies, so they're saying like, what's wrong with watching like, a, I think they said the movie was called Frozen, by Disney, whatever it is, it's rated G or whatever it's, right? So they said, sometimes you're a you know, you, you gotta unwind, you know, you gotta chill, and, and like you never watch television or movies, I'm like, no, I'm too busy, to watch television or movies. So they're saying, like, what's wrong with with watching a rated G movie? right? A Disney movie. I said, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but one thing I can tell you, there's something very wrong with wasting time. So, you want to go exercise? It's good, it's healthy for you, go exercise, whatever it is. But, we don't know how long we're going to live. The person in this world, you are the bridge of the two worlds. When you're Watching a movie, you're not bridging the two worlds. So, I said to them, when you go to sleep at night, sit at the edge of your bed and think, today, did I bridge the physical and spiritual world together? Did I, right? Because watching a movie is not doing that. And eating without a bracha is not doing that. How did I bridge the two worlds together? Helping somebody... Kivot of the aim. You have physical parents. You're doing a physical thing. You're giving them to eat. You're giving them a ride. You're giving someone a ride, right? But that's you're actually bridging the physical and spiritual world because you're doing a mitzvah. So when you watch a movie, I said I, I can't right wrong. what it's, it's not? It's clean. Whatever you need. But Lamai said that moment, those two and a half hours, you're bridging nothing. There's no bridge in the spiritual world. You're not. You're not a ladder. You're not a ladder that's leaning on a Baruch Hu. You're just doing nothing. And doing nothing, even though it seems to be very uh, popular these days, doing nothing, chilling, doing nothing, is the opposite of bridging the two worlds. You, bridge the two worlds by you took a physical ride and you did a chesed. So your car now, which is a physical car, someone was in the car, you drove them, so you, you made your car into something spiritual. You made your car into something holy. And, and by helping people, that's, that's how you do it. So you have to sit and think about, did I bridge today Shemaim of Aretz, or was I just in Aretz? Or was I just in Shemaim? Did I, did I learn a whole day for myself? I didn't help anybody? I didn't tutor anybody? A tzaddik has to give also, not sit in a room by himself the whole time. So that bridge is what Hashem showed Yaakov, who was going to have the 12 tribes, who was going to be the father of Klai Yisrael, Hashem showed him that yes, you could be a shepherd for Lavan. You could be a shepherd, and at the same time, be in Shemayim. Because until then, Yaakov just knew that learning in yeshiva, learning in, in, in my tent. That's Shemayim, and that's what he said when he met Esav. Esav said to him, "Wow, look at look at at all this." Cattle and 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 sheep and goats and 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 product that you have, like like Yaakov, you were you shitting in yeshiva and now look at you, you went off the derech. You totally went off the derech. You're coming home with cars and houses and clothing. What happened to you? Said Yaakov, uh I had a dream and I saw in a dream a bridge. I saw a a, a ladder. In Lavan, Garti, you're right. I live with Lavan, which is all physical. Lavan was the most physical. Garti, I will tayag mitzvah. Garti spells tayag, tayag mitzvah shamati. So you're right. I have all these goats and all these sheep, but to, as I got all these goats and all these sheep, I kept all the mitzvahs. So at the same time, I was in the physical world, asav. I didn't go off the darach. What I learned here is that I could be a shepherd, and I can have sheep, and I can have goats, and there's so many halachas. You have to give the tenth one, has to be miser, and you have to give the first sheep, the wool that comes off the sheep, you have to give to the kayan. And Hashem made our world and gave us 613 mitzvahs. The 613 mitzvahs are mixing the physical with the spiritual. If you go through all the 613 mitzvahs. If you're in business, you can't lend with interest. <coughs> Wherever you are, there's different halachas, right? Learning tyrah, Using your eyes, using your ears, using your physical five senses to do mitzvahs—it's <coughs> connecting. With Shema so Asaf thought, "You stole my bracha. I'm the guy that's physical. Now look at you—you you have all this stuff." And he said, "No, I didn't steal your bracha. Ta'yeg mitzvahs asisi. I—I did make a lot of money, but I made it the way i was supposed to, and I kept all six hundred thirteen mitzvahs. And you were just physical. I am a ladder." The bottom of the ladder is on the ground, but the top of the ladder is in Shemayim. And that's a lesson that we all need to learn. This was his dream. This was amazing. To think of this world as the base Elohim. Not God lives up there, so I have to be Tznius, you know, not here. God's not here, whatever it is. And I have to be, no, God is here. This is his house. This world is God's house. Not up there. This is the world he created. This is his house. And he created a physical world, In six days, He created a physical world. The spiritual world was created way before the Torah was created. Tens of thousands of years before our world was created. It doesn't say the six days Hashem created the Torah. What spiritual... What's In the first six days of creation, what spirituality did God create? Nothing. Look through it. Shemayim, RS, water, animals, fish, the moon, the sun, rivers, plants... Nothing spiritual. Spirituality was before the world. Hashem created the Torah. The Torah actually created the world. The Torah created the world. The Torah was the blueprint for the world. So spirituality was the blueprint for the physical world. So they're very connected to each other. In fact, I don't know how many of you read my book on Hakar Satov. My proof of what I'm telling you is a Rashi. Rashi and Berachas, and Rashi says the following. Rashi says, so we know that on the third day of creation, let's go to the third day of creation. So you have to think at night, like what did I do today that I took, I bridged the physical and spiritual world, or was I totally physical, or was I totally spiritual? Where did I, where did I bridge it? From so the third day, it says the following. HaLakim, Hashem said. Tache o desha. The earth should give out vegetation. Asem as viyazera. pri Trees that are going to make fruit. But taitsi o res desha. yudbeis. And the earth gave out desha. Vegetation. Asem. Grass. The eats And trees. So it's very clear in Beresha's on the third day. God created trees and plants and vegetation and it grew. On the third day, it all grew. Okay? So if you ask any kid, when did Hashem create trees and plants? He'll tell you, third day. Did it grow on the third day? Yes. but says, Okay. Then you continue learning. Fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, right? Shabbos, Rechul HaShemayim, Pasakei Perik Bez. And all the vegetation of the field. Terem year Ba'arets was not yet in the world. This is after Shabbos. One second. You just told me, it says in the Torah, on the third day, he created vegetation, he created trees, and now you're telling me that after Shabbos, the Pasuk is saying, There was no grass in the world. And no vegetation blossomed. But you just told me that it happened on the third day, so how can you tell me now that it didn't happen? He was ready for Adam to come into the world, no, but, no? he was ready here. Oh, you're ready, you're ready. I mean, he he came into the world, but. He had, Hashem. We'll see why. So listen to this. saw the term Actually, it was, it was the sixth day, but no, it wasn't after Shabbos. He's talking about the sixth day before Adam was created. Kiloihim to Hashem Why didn't anything grow yet? Because it didn't rain yet. Okay, but it says it did grow in the third day, and didn't say anything about rain. So it seems to be very contradicting. but Adam. And the human, Ayin wasn't here to work the ground. So there's a couple of questions here. Number one, you have a, a straight-up contradiction. Straight-up contradiction. Because you're saying that on the third day everything was here. Now you're saying on the sixth day before Adam was created, nothing was here. And it didn't rain yet. Why? Because there was no human to work the ground. But one second, that was a curse. After he in the said that, so Hashem was waiting for a human being to work the ground. Hashem wasn't waiting for a human being to work the ground. The human being was never supposed to work the ground. The only, the only reason the human being is working the ground is because he got cursed. So he was waiting for him to work the ground. He wasn't working the ground. So this was the basis of my book on HaKar type this Rashi. So it bothers Rashi. It's a very good question. So let's go to Rashi and see what Rashi says. Rashi says the following, Pasig Vav. Pasik Vav. Oh. Okay. And all the grass and vegetation didn't didn't bloom, didn't blossom. It says says Rashi but on the third day it says, the third day it says it did grow. So make up your mind. Did it grow or didn't it grow? So Rashi says it did grow. But Ella al it only grew to the surface. It did not break surface. So on the third day, underneath the ground, one-eighth of an inch underneath the surface of the world, all the trees grew, all the plants grew, all the grass grew, but none of it came across the surface. In other words, the potential, everything was there, but it didn't break ground. So if Adam, when he opened his eyes, the ground was all dirt. But on the third day, All the trees already grew, but they were under the ground. Okay, that's what Rashi says. Now. Okay, so he's he's explaining this. Ki himter Because, she says, till the sixth day, it didn't break surface. Now, ki himter. Why did Hashem bring rain on the third day? Why did He wait till the sixth day to bring rain? Adam, ain't labor because there was no human being yet in the world. And if there's no human being in the world, ain't market to voice and Shaman. Hashem's going to bring rain, but there's not going to be any recognition of the rain. There's not going to be any gratification across the top of the rain, and that would be a waste of rain. Why would that be a waste of rain? Because we're created to bridge the physical and spiritual world. And if Hashem would bring rain, which is physical, to make things grow there's no human being here, so there's no hakar satov tov here, so there's no spirituality here, so aretz and shamayim are not connected. Rain is just aretz. So a person had to be here to have hakoros tov If he has a then he's, he's connecting the spiritual world with the physical world. Now the problem is, right, when the human being showed up, and he knew that the world needed rain, because nothing was growing. His balayam. He daban for the rain. So now his tefillah is connecting the physical and spiritual world, the yardu. That's when it started raining. The chunk of the sham, and the minute the first drop hit the ground, everything burst forth. So it didn't take time for them to grow. They were all there. But what's the business that there was no human being in the world to work? The human being was not supposed to work. But according to what Rashi just said. Avaida, when you tell someone today, what's avoda? We don't have a base migdash. It's not Karbanos. It's Tzvila. So what the Pasuk is saying, there was no one in the world to daven. Because avoda, without a on migdash is Tzvila. And therefore, if there was nobody to daven, there was no one to ask for rain. And if there's no one for ask for rain, Hashem would just bring rain. It would just be a physical thing. There would be no connection to spirituality. But when you daven for something, right? you daven for food, you automatically make that food into something spiritual. How did I get the food? By davening. So this whole situation over here is a proof to his dream that the earth and the shamayim have to be connected. And therefore, when they were not connected because there was no human being in the world, Hashem didn't bring rain. He only brought rain when there was someone to daven for the rain. So that's what we're here for. So when you watch a movie, this is, I, this is my share today in, in school. When you watch a movie, you're not connecting Shemayim V'aretz. So if you want to know, if you're using your time correctly, and if you want to know if you're doing the right thing, before you do it, say, the thing I'm about to do, is that connecting Shemayim V'aretz? Or is that just Aretz? Is it just physical, and there's no spirituality connected to it? Then it's wrong. Because the human being is the ladder. The human being is the ladder that connects Shema and Baaretz. Okay, that's it. And that was his dream. And that's what he saw. And that was a little bit out of his comfort zone. Because his comfort zone was in yeshiva. His comfort zone was not with sheep working for love on, out in the field. Staying up all night and taking care of a bunch of animals. That wasn't his comfort zone. His comfort zone was sitting in yeshiva. And Hashem was saying, No, taking care of sheep and, 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 and doing the mitzvahs that you have to do as a shepherd... That Shemayim Ba'aretz. That's at Elokim. it's where God lives. As long as you're connecting the Shemayim and the Aretz. And that was his dream. And that's why it was a ladder. A ladder leans on the top wrong, and the top wrong was HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's a very, it's an out-of-the-box translation, but that's the, that's one of the translations. Otherwise, it was just like, he didn't realize it was where Yitzhak's um, Akedah okay, was. He didn't realize that it was where the Beis Hamidosh was, and therefore he would have never gone to sleep in such a holy place. So if you want to just translate the words for what they are, is <coughs> he went to sleep, he saw that that was Shara Shemayim, that was where the Beis Hamidosh was going to be, and that's where Akedah's it was going to be, and therefore he said, oh my gosh, how could I sleep in such a holy place? This is Beis Elohim, this is where the Beis Hamidosh is going to be. And he became very scared that he did something very bad, that he went to sleep in such a holy place. That's the literal translation. Okay. Yeah. Sure it is. So my Rebbe used to always say, before you go to sleep at night, you're supposed to say, I'm going to sleep to rest, to give my body energy to do your mitzvahs. So then your sleep becomes a mitzvah. So if someone's saying, I need to watch a movie in order to, to learn, we've got to be talking to somebody. In order to fall asleep. Okay, so then it's medicine. You have to ask your local rabbi. But I can tell you that the easiest way to fall asleep is open a safer. I had a, I had a, a, a Polish maid, and um, I know you know the story, right? So I had a Polish maid, and, and we checked her suitcase before she left. We opened it up, and my Gemara was in there. She didn't take jewelry. She didn't take anything. She took my Gemara. I said to her, excuse me, you, like, you don't even know how to read Hebrew. Like, why would you steal my Gemara? She said, listen, I'm going back to Poland and my husband is an insomniac. He can't sleep. And I don't know, it must be a Jewish thing, but every time you had that book on your lap, you were sleeping. <laughs> so I figured it would help him very much. I'm like, I don't think it'll help him, but whatever. It's a joke. It didn't happen. Anyway, so there's a very interesting um, So we know that when Yacob um, Levinu was running away from Esau, so he sent his his son, Eliphaz, to kill him. <coughs> and Yaakov Avinu begged Eliphaz not to kill him. But Eliphaz says, my father said, I have to kill you. But they seem to have, Yaakov and Eliphaz had learned together. And one of the things they learned is that ani a person who's poor and he has nothing, he's like he's dead. So Yaakov Avinu said, listen, I don't want you to lie to your father. Take everything I have. And then I have nothing. Then I'm Chash of Your father told me to kill me. So tell him, you killed me. Because you took all my, you took all my belongings. And Eliphaz had Rachmana on Yaakov, and that's what he did. Listen to this story. It has to do with Chanukah. In the Sefer Paneach Roiza, he asked the following question. When Yaakov got up in the morning, and he saw one stone from the twelve stones, it said he took oil, and he anointed the stone, he made him at Seva. So the question that's asked, where did he get the oil from? If Eliphaz took everything, then he didn't have any oil. So how's it possible that he woke up in the morning and he took oil and he anointed the rock if Eliphaz took everything away? That's the question he asked. Me Yakov Where did Yaakov have Shemin from? Hello Eliphaz ben rod, the Didn't Eliphaz run after him and take everything? The Tiritz, the answer is that it says in the Pasuk, that Yaakov said, when he told Esav, he told Esav that with my stick, I came across the Yardain. So I guess he left him his stick, because that was his walking stick, and he was traveling. What Eliphaz did not know was that the stick that Yaakov had was hollow. And Yaakov hid in that hollow stick, a thing, a flask of oil. He didn't know that, Aliphaz. Because Yaakov, one thing he was not willing to give away was his Torah. And if he doesn't have oil, he can't learn at night. So he tricked Aliphaz. He said, just leave me my stick." He took all his clothing, he took everything. I'll tell you what happened took everything. He didn't leave a stitch of clothing. Not a shoe, not a jacket, not a shirt, not underwear, nothing. He took everything away from him. He left him a stick because he needed a stick to walk. What he didn't know is that because Yaakov would never miss a night of learning that in that stick was a flask of oil. Okay? What happened if you want to know the story that happened, Um, he went into the water. When he took everything away from him, there was a an oasis, and there was a pool of water, and Yaakov didn't have any clothing. Where was he going to go? So he threw him into the water. And he, he couldn't leave. He had, he had, what was he going to do? He has no clothing. He's going to get him out of the water. He can't do that either. So it says a, a sultan, a, a very rich Arab, came to the water to bathe. And he went into the water. He took all his clothing off on the side, went into the water, and he drowned. Yaakov had nothing to do with it. He drowned. When he drowned, so Yaakov took the clothing. That's how he had clothing. So Hashem sent this guy, and that's how Yaakov had clothing. Otherwise he couldn't have gone anywhere. And he was very scared that people would think he murdered him, so he went to learn then for 14 years in Yeshiva Shem Behavior. Because he was scared they could going to say he, that he murdered him for his clothing. So anyway, so Yaakov took it to learn Torah. Now. So now, when he woke up, he took some of that oil, and he anointed the stone. But let's look at the schus, of what Yaakov did and how he got repaid for it. He took this oil because he wanted to learn Torah. What happened to this oil? So next week, when Yaakov goes back to get the little jar, it says, Pacham Ketanim, and Rashi says, a, a tzaddik doesn't let anything, you know, he worked very hard for his money, so he doesn't even leave anything behind. What were these Pacham Ketanim, these these little jars, right? So it says that actually the Pacham Ketanim was the jar of oil that he had hidden in his stick. And the special part of that oil was that no matter how much you poured it, it refilled. Where did you hear that before? Hanukkah. It says that when the, the Jew, I'm going to read a few insights, when the Jews were looking for a jar of oil, the jar of oil they found in the base of Mignosh was this jar of oil. And therefore... Every day, that's why you have eight days, not seven days, because the first day wasn't a miracle. Every day they poured out all the oil, even on the first day, and the jar refilled. Why did they have the schush to have that? Because Yaakov said, I cannot live without learning. And to learn at night, I have to have oil. So that pach, that that jar of oil went through the whole history of the Jews. It says, um, he woke up in the morning, right? He put the yes like a Show he says, this was the shaman that the Mishkan was anointed. The Kalim, the Mizbeach, Aaron, all the kings. He says, and then, uh, who else? The Kadah Shemen that Eliyahu said, close the door and keep pouring the oil. And Eliyahu told her because she took care of him and it didn't stop pouring. And the oil of ashes Avad Yehanavi, I don't know what that is exactly. And... Bechashmol says, it was hidden, and they found it, the Chashmenaim, that it was Chosim in the Chosme of the Kohen Ganol, and it was will be used in the times of Mashiach. That oil that was in that, that stick, and the reason it was in that stick, was that you should learn Torah. Look what comes out of learning Torah. Okay. Now very fascinating. In the plastic it says the following. he called it Base cow, but also the name was Luz like Luz, like the airport. Let's see what it says this Ullam Luz, Shema'ili He says, originally, right? Originally, the name of that city was Luz. He changed it from Luz to Beiskel. What's Luz? Because there was a Gemara talking about there was a town of Luz. Nobody ever died in that town. They never spoke bad about each other. And these two guys went to go there and they died at the gate. Okay, but that's not what, that's not what I want to tell you. What, what's, what's Luz? In the Gemara and Saita. The Gemara says there was a town called Luz. The angel of death was not allowed in that town. and people would not die there. When the people realized it was time to die, they would leave the city, they would die. Gemara talks about it. It was such a city. okay. The angels. What chus did the city have that the macham mavis was not allowed to go there? Isa b'svarim. It's brought down. It's fun. What do you think? What would you think? There's a town in the world that nobody dies. I think learning, right? It must be learning all the time. Chesed. No, nope. Shbiir Luz ms. Nobody in the town of Luz ever lied. Everybody was MS. Ulachane Loishalabas. The Machamavas had no power. He says also brought down Kabbalistic that the the river that runs past the Esachayim in Ghan Eden. Mamshak it goes through the, the city of Luz. The She Shem because they're drinking water from the Esachayim, whatever that means. He says, even if you cut them into pieces, they'd still live. Because they drowned from the Yitzchai. <laughs> Chaim. they wouldn't <die. laughs> If you push them off a 20-story building, they didn't die. If <laughs> you threw them into a fire, they didn't die. <laughs> the Chaim gets life from the whatever it is. But the... the the place was because of MS. Now, the Eitzhah Yosef, the Ayin Yaakov, a secular site, it How could it be, if there's such a town that you don't die, why doesn't everyone move into that town? If there's such a town, why don't we all move there? And he says, In our day and age, we never heard of a town that nobody dies. She says, This town is nestled in a secret place between mountains. That's surrounded by rivers. The only way to get there is through a cave. And it's hidden, It's hidden, we can't find it. Okay, now, did you ever hear? That there is a bone in a human being's body called the luz. So there's one bone in your body that doesn't rot in the in the grave. And that's a certain bone in the back of your spine, and that's where That's the bone that God builds the body back in triasemasum. It's called the luz. No, you never heard that about about you never heard about Malavamalka? That the Malavamalka feeds the luz? Okay. So, good, you're learning something new tonight. <laughs> so, i There's a bone in your body called the Luz. it is the Shirish of a person. Okay. when a person dies, this bone doesn't rot. If you throw the bone into a fire, it won't burn chayim, you put it into a mill, a grinder, and it won't grind. Uber Patish, if you hit it with a hammer, it won't it won't explode. it's forever. We menu and from this a person will live in the time of yoha. Now this is very important. That's why you're not allowed to miss Malava Malka, even if you're a lady. You have to eat Malava If You want to come back to Triya Samasim. I have to eat Malava Malka. It goes to the Shar And Uh Okay, now the base Yosef brings that this bone only gets Hanah, I say Hana in sustenance. Kiim only from Malava Malka. There's the Some say the Luz only gets the hana from Sudah Shabbos. from Havdallah. But Most hold, the El says, the wolves gets it from Mullabamaka. Shilkane you won't. The bone won't rot if you if you eat malav amalke. Listen to this. So Adam. So, so one second. We know that Adam Arishon ate from the Eitz because he ate from the Eitz Hashem brought Misa into the world. So every part of your body rots in the ground because when Adam Arishon ate from the tree his whole body got hanah, enjoyment from the tree. But, mm-hmm. since the luz only gets hanah when? Malavamalka, Malka, Matishabes, that was after he ate from the tree. So the only bone in Adam's body that got no hanah, no enjoyment, from eating the etz hadas, is the bone that only gets its enjoyment from Malavamalka, Malka. And therefore, it was not affected, and therefore it doesn't rot. So the Malava Malka is what feeds this bone. And it's very important to wash Malava Malka. It's Everything's hard. Shalashulis is even harder. You're not hungry. But I do shall right. I okay, whatever. You you learn? <laughs> you make Mazonos? Okay. You have to wash. My first meal. Right.
1: Okay. So that's the second meal, then,
0: uh, lunch. lunch. Fine, but doesn't lunch. matter. Doesn't but matter. Water. It doesn't matter. You have to eat but two. You know, Malavamalka. Malka. If you wait two hours after Shabbos. You have to wash. My father Leshalem ate flasheks every Malavamalka. Malka. You know why? Because during the nine days, right? It's after Shabbos. You can't eat flasheks. The halacha is if you eat Malavamalka Malka every day, every sh- much of Shabbos. In the nine days you're allowed to eat, you to eat also. So he did it specifically so he could eat Flachix. Really? Yeah. He ate chicken every single month of Shabbos. He had chicken. Another thing that's very important is that there has to be something hot. So you can have a tea or coffee. Malava Malka has to have something hot. Tea, coffee, hot soup, whatever you want. But it has to have something hot. Bench. What? washing bench. So he says, since it didn't have anah, except from the Sudas of Mathi Shabbos, it didn't get anah from the Hetadaus, so and therefore it wasn't, it didn't have that. Now, where is this bone? Where is this bone? So, this is a Machlokas. One says, yeah. It's the bottom of your spine. What are they called? Your vertebrae, but what, 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 when you have a dislocated? A disc. What? A disc. Disc, right. So it's the bottom disc of your, the bottom, bottom disc of your spine. Yes, <laughs> That this bone is right here, in the back of your neck, where, you, where the, the tilling go, where the, the, the knot of the tilling goes, in the back of your neck. So, it's either the top of your spine, right, or the bottom of your spine. You know, have a break what? you can't break that bone. You could break between that bone and the next bone, but you can't break that bone. That bone is not breakable. But it seems to be only if you eat, only if you eat, what's it called? If you eat Molaver Malka. Molaver Malka is very important. You're supposed to eat it before Chatzayis. Okay. I want to end, talk a little bit about Ruchel Imeinu. What? Whatever Chatzayis. You can eat it till the morning, star, but you're supposed to eat it before. You should eat a Malka. It's very important. Also, they, um, they keep you out of Gehenna until till you finish Malabar a Chas Hashem, no one hits going to go Gehenna. What? You have to, wash. No? you have to wash. You have to wash. All right. Did you ever hear the story of the chulda, is a mole? Uh, huh? What's a chulda? A weasel? And the bar? Did you ever hear that story? And the bar and the gemara. I wasn't going to tell this to you, but I was going to talk about about Rachel. Now oh, I'm going to tell you this story. You have to hear this story. If you don't hear, if only one person heard the story, it, it just shows you how we're talking about MS tonight. And then MS, the whole town didn't die because of MS. Listen to this story. It's, it's a Gemara, Masechta It says the following: Amar Kamagidoy Amuna. From a story of a pit and a weasel. He says the following. Surely, if someone trusts that a weasel and a hole in the ground will keep their word, surely a person will have um, a person will have, what's it called? He says the following story he says, there was a, a story of a young lady, a young girl, that she was going to um, she was going to her father's house She was very pretty. she was dressed in silver and gold I guess jewelry. and she ended up in a field without getting to a place of civilization a With half a day with traveling, she was thirsty. She didn't have water to drink. She found a well. Okay? the And the string of the pail was tied. So she went into the thing and she went down and she drank. Now she tried to get back up to pull the string to come back up in the pail, and she couldn't. She began to cry and to scream, Till a man walked by. He heard her screaming, so he stood by the well. He didn't. uh, He 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 was listening to this. He did not understand. There's noise coming out of a well. There's water in a well. Like didn't make sense to him. Who are you? Are you a shindalid? Like you know, humans are not in wells. Are you a, are you human or are you a devil? No, I'm a law, and they adam I need. No, I'm I'm a human. I'm a law. Shema at Maybe you are a spirit, and you're trying to trap me. I'm a law. Lo, no, any men I'm not a spirit. am a law. He adam at. Swear to me that you're human. Nishma law. She swore to him. I'm a law. What are you doing in a well? Super low, call my amasa. She told me. I went in and I fell in and I couldn't get out. Amalaa, am I ni melcha tenazeli? If I if I pull you out, will you marry me? Pretty brave, right? Allah hey, you got a deal. You pull me out, I'll marry you. hell also. So he pulled her out. amata. He said, she said, from what nation are you? He said, I'm a Jew. we welcome plenty, and I'm from this and this town. V'koyen, I'm a Kayan. I'm She said to him, I also come from a really good mishpacha. I'm you, a You just want to grab me and take me? You, 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 are you're, you're a Jewish man from such a place. You're a cayenne. You just want to grab me out here and, 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 and marry me without a k'suvah? Without kedushin? <speaking in Hebrew> Go to my parents' house. We'll date. We'll get engaged. We'll get married the way we're supposed to. Okay? <speaking in Hebrew> she promised him, I'll marry you. He promised her, I'll marry you. He said, how do I know you're not, you're not gonna, once we get, you know, you're gonna say it never happened. But as they were talking, this weasel, this little animal, walked by. She said to him, you want witnesses? The weasel and heaven. Uberzu and the well. That we're not lying to each other, and they went their ways. So, she said the witnesses are a well, a weasel, and Shemayim. Okay? This girl, she kept her word. And she kept her deal. She would not go out with any other man. And anytime some guy would. Tried to write a would try to write a shidduch. would try to so, read a shidduch. Honestly, she refused them. She became very, um, she became very depressed because this guy never showed up. The guy that promised to marry, he never showed up, and she became very, she became uh, sick. She ripped her clothing. called me, and she ripped anyone's clothing who would touch her. Until people stayed away from there. This was put on. It wasn't real. She made herself crazy that nobody should want to marry her. She kept her word. Let's go to the man. Once he didn't see her anymore, he wasn't interested in her. He went back to his town. And he went back to work. He got married to someone else. She never was waiting for him. Made herself crazy and no one could marry her. And he got married. And his wife became pregnant and had a a young baby boy. When the baby boy was three months old, a weasel came and killed him. The little baby. Okay? Stuff like that happens. So he had another baby. And that child grew up benaflo labar, and the baby fell into a a, a well and died. Amalei ishtai, this is not normal. His wife said to him, "Im kiderikol adam hayimaisim benecha. If our children would have died in a normal way, I would say, all right, Hashem, you know, Hashem gives, Hashem takes. Avol achshav shemaisim misim yishuna. A weasel and a well, ain't a belay davar. Something's going on here. Ela sippeli mamasecha." I need to know, what what did you do? This is not normal. So he told her the whole story, that he promised to marry this girl, and the witness was a bar, with a a well and an animal. This gashmi menu. And she divorced him. On she said to him, go find that girl, because this is not going to work. So he knew where she lived. She had told him. He went to that town. What's going on with this girl? She's nuts. Anyone who goes near her, that, she's crazy, this girl. So he went to the father of the girl. He told him the whole story. What happened with his daughter. So he went to meet the girl and she became normal because that whole thing was put on. So she, he told her what happened to his children from the weasel and the bar. I kept my word. They got married. They had many children and many properties. So why is he bringing down this, this whole story? And he's bringing it together with Luz. that at the end of the day, you have to be MS. And even, uh, an animal that has no brains and a, and a, a bear, a well, were witnesses to, to a man that gave his word and didn't keep it. And since they were the witnesses, they had to take the vengeance. How careful we have to be when we give our word to a person. And we tell them, I'll be there for you, or I'll give you, I'll lend you something, or I'll pick you up tonight, or whatever it is. When you give your word to a person, there are witnesses to what you're saying. And sometimes things happen to us in life, we don't realize why it's happening. And the reason it's happening is that we weren't MS. Even not on purpose. He forgot. He married somebody else. He totally forgot this deal that he made with her. But she kept it. She kept the deal. And he didn't keep the deal. So, a well doesn't even have brains. A well doesn't have a life. A well can't think. It's 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 nothing. It's, it's not physical. But it was a witness to a promise. So through that well came the punishment. An animal is a weasel. Through the weasel came the punishment. And so this story is brought down to teach us how careful a person has to be with their word. And that there's a city in this world somewhere hidden in a mountain in a cave that no one ever dies, and the reason they don't die, it's very nice that they're learning, right? But the reason that's brought that they don't die is not because they keep Shabbos or kosher or sneis. The reason that city doesn't die is that nobody in that city ever lies. And M S is chayim, M S is life, and sheker is chas v'shal. The opposite. Therefore, we have to be. If to show what? If so that's the whole shear, if that's really MS or not MS. And we know that Shalom is MS, and machoik is his Shekka. So Hashem did not lie when he changed the story with Sari Meinu, because so Hashem can't lie. So real MS, yeah, but you can't. See, so many people take that so wrong that you're allowed to lie for Shalom bias. So they told their wife they're going to learn, and they went to Atlantic City. So now they come home and they say, I went to Yeshiva. And then she finds out later on, you did not go to Yeshiva, you went to Atlantic City. He's like, but you're allowed to lie for shalom bias. I didn't want you to be upset. No, you know, that's a lie. I mean, I that. Lying for shalom bias means that that someone came to me and told me something bad about my wife. And my wife's like, what did they say about me? And I'm like, they said you're amazing. So I lied, right? No, I didn't lie. Because if I told her the truth, she would never talk to that girl. They'd be and hara. They'd be rechilus. They'd be all kinds of stuff. So. Making shalom, even though it's not the fact that happened, making shalom is MS. Making someone feel good, even if it's not true. Right? Someone says, I, don't I look great tonight? And you're like, she never looked so bad in her life. And you're like, I've never seen you look like this. You're amazing. Liar! Right? And Shemayim, liar! No, not liar. It's the opposite. The Gomorrah says that if your, if your friend asks you, Kalanoah? Is my is my kala my bride pretty? So Gemara says you have to say kala na. Yes, if he married her already. If he didn't marry, he could tell he could tell him the truth. If he's asking for shidduch, but if he's married and he says kala na, even if you don't think she's pretty or whatever it is, kala na. There's one more beautiful thing in this week's parsha. I'll end with this. I know it's late. It's, it's an hour. It says that that It says that he brings us down in this safer. It says that a naim of Leah was Raka her eyes were soft. Rashi learns that her eyes were swollen because Leah thought she'd have to marry Esau. Everybody said, two girls were born to Lavan, Leah and Rachel. Two boys were born to Yitzchak, Yakov and A- Esav and Yaakov. The older to the older, the younger to the younger. Leah was the older, Esau was the older, so she thought she'd have to marry this Russia. So she cried and she cried and she cried. And... Her eyes got swollen. So everyone thinks that Leah was ugly. She wasn't ugly. In fact, they bring down Raka, means soft, and she had very beautiful eyes. Raka was beautiful, but doesn't talk about her eyes. It's a separate chair. It says Raka had no eyes. What does it mean Raka had no eyes? She had eyes. Isaiah says Raka had no eyes. Because it doesn't talk about her eyes. Leah had beautiful eyes. It doesn't, doesn't say anything about Raka's eyes. If you, you're talking about two sisters, right? You had beautiful eyes, and she was beautiful. What about her eyes? So Zohar said she had no eyes. What does it mean she had no eyes? She had eyes. The whole machoik is between Rachel and Leah, and the reason Yaakov loved Rachel, he didn't love Rachel more than Leah, Rachel believed that every child, you shouldn't make distinctions between children, that all children are equal. Leah believed that every child has something special about it, you should make distinctions. Yehuda was Malchus, right? Everyone came from Yehuda. Levi was Kahuna. Right? Yisachar was learning. Zavullah was working. Rachel said, no, no, no. They're, don't, don't, don't make one the king, one the kahanim. Everybody could be the king. Everybody could be a client. Everybody could learn. Everybody could work. He this argument. So the Zayah says that, that Rachel had no eyes means that eyes are to, to see the distinction between colors and shapes. When the Zaya says she had no eyes means she had no distinction. Between her children, Leah had eyes. You need eyes. This one's a Yehuda. He's this. He's that. That. This one's colorful. This one's not so colorful. And Yaakov agreed with Rachel, but Yahav, Yaakov was Rachel. Ya- Yaakov loved Rachel's theory. that children shouldn't be segregated. Everyone can be a king. Everyone can be a. Everyone can be malchus. Everyone can be Kayin. Everyone can be a learning. Everyone can be a worker. And he and, and he knew a Leah. That Leah was not her theory was not liked. So when the Zayar says she had no eyes, it doesn't mean she had no eyes. It means that her sphere was, that you don't need, there's no separation. Anyway, it says something very beautiful. I think it's a Gemara, but it's definitely a Chazal. The, the, the special thing that a Jewish woman has, the Jewish people have altogether, are their eyes. When the right person has, Jewish eyes are very different than other eyes. In fact, they, they teach the Ege drivers, the bus drivers in Israel, Right? Because many times Arabs get dressed as Hasidim. they're bombs on them, they get dressed to be able to look at their eyes, and Arabs' eyes are very different than we're more round, they're more slanty. We have different eyes than they are, and that you can't change. So it says that a woman who has beautiful eyes, and it doesn't mean the shape of her eyes, but she's a person who's a tsnuah, who's a who's Chain. You don't need to check it, the rest out. You don't need to check her out. If a person has chain eyes, the rest of them is chain. says in the Goa. We see that a person's, a Jewish woman's eyes are different than, than the rest of the world's eyes. It has a certain, what's a chain? It has a certain chain in it. And therefore, most of the Mephoroshim say that Leah's eyes were rakos, which means they weren't swollen. That's Rashi. Rashi said swollen. The rest of them say they were soft. She had soft eyes. She had very beautiful, soft eyes. And we all know the whole story. We don't have time to go through that tonight, whatever it is. But that Leah didn't even know what Rachel did for her. Leah never knew. My class today, they were so antagonistic against Leah because the girls in our generation were like, what do you mean you stole his hu- you stole her husband? Like, how could you steal your sister? You they went crazy in my class today. We don't like Leia. How could she steal her husband? It's disgusting. How dare you take your, your sister's husband and like, you know? So I explained to them that you're so off. She never knew she took her sister's husband. The way Ruchli Menu gave her the code, she didn't tell her, listen, tonight there's going to be a trick, this and that, I'm going to give you a code. The code that was given, the code that she had with Yaakov Avinu, was that Yaakov Avinu, there's a Mishnah, now, what is a woman, what are you supposed to ask your wife before Shabbos? Did you, did you make an Erev? Did you give challah? And did you, are you, did you prepare the candles? Right? Every Friday night before you go to Shul, you're supposed to ask your wife, Araftem, and eros. those three things. That was their code. Yaakov Avino was going to ask, what are the three things you need? Rachel was going to answer them. And then he knew it was Rachel, it wasn't Leah. What did Rachel do? She didn't want Leah to know that she did her a favor. So Loman showed up and said, Leah, you're marrying, tonight you're marrying Yaakov. Okay, great, I, I want to marry Yaakov. Rachel went that day before the chuppah and said, I just learned something, it's amazing. She said, what did you learn? She said, you know that before Shabbos, I know you're getting married, before Shabbos, when your husband asks you, he's going to ask you three questions. I raft them, I shot them and Likos and Nero's. Oh, really? Yeah? You learned that? Yeah. That's it. She didn't tell she giving her a code. At night, Yakov Abinu said to Leah, what are the three things you're supposed to ask? She had learned that that day with Rachel. So she said, I wrapped him up. She never told Leah that there was any stealing or tricking or anything going on. So Leah thought, Yaakov worked seven years for me. I got married. Everything's great. Next morning, my sister grabs him. I want to marry you. You stole my husband. How do we know that she that she never knew? This week's Pasha, in Vayetse, so she asked him, by the daduim, Rachel says to her, can you give me the daduim? I want to have children. And Leah says, again you want to steal my husband? What do you mean again? You, if, if she would have known the whole trick that went down she gave it the simanim. she would know that Rachel didn't steal, you stole. So by her saying, what are you doing it again? You're stealing my husband? We realize she never knew about the whole plan. So for Rachel Imenu at that moment, it's unbelievable. For Rachel Imenu at that moment, when she she said, I have no children. You have something that could give me children, daduim. Sister, please give me the daduim. And I'm trading my night with Yaakov with it. I'm not just taking it for free. I'm giving up my night with Yaakov. And her sister says, you? Leia says to her, you? You stole my husband. She should have said, I stole your husband? Do you know what I did for you? I tricked him to... She didn't say one word. She just walked away and said, okay, we'll make a deal. At that point, not telling her what really went down and letting Leah think that she, the second sister, like, I married him and then you show up and you also want to marry him. What kind of chutzpah is that? And she just let it be like that? That is why Rachel, when you go to Kevin Rachel, she has the koyach, the power of of making miracles because someone who can break their teva, their norm right, the teva and not answer back someone and say listen lady, let me tell you what really happened, I'm stealing your husband you stole my husband, being able not to say that, breaking her teva gives her the kayach of breaking teva and making miracles and that's why Kibbutz is, Rachel is such a holy place and that's why she's called Mama Rachel no other one of our imos. No Mama Rivka, no Mama Sarah, no Mama Leia. It's Mama Rachel, because she was at such a high point, she had a, a chance to defend herself, and she did it. We should all have the chutz to be zayche, to see her. The Karaiv with all the Avais, with Rishiach. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.